Welcome food and fitness lovers to Tina's Ageless Kitchen. Welcome food and fitness lovers to Tina's Ageless Kitchen. I'm Chef Tina Martini. You might know me as the medicine chef. Well, today we're going to China and Thailand. So get your gear packed and we're off on an adventure. Let's learn how to do Chinese and Thai food, some of our favorites too, at home. And that way we save money and we control the amount of sugar and the amount of salt. And we certainly don't use any MSG, do we chefs? All right, so I'm gonna do chicken and I'm gonna do a sesame glaze for you first, and it's one of my favorites, and it's one of my most requested recipes. And we're gonna put the marinade together, or the glaze, and both serve as the same thing. So you'll find that marinating the chicken first and putting it on the grill would be a great choice, but what we're gonna do today is just pan sear and then finish it in the oven. That way we can have our sesame chicken, whether it's sunny outside or raining outside. All right, so I've got all my ingredients here, but here's the most important thing, chefs. You want your pan hot. You don't wanna wait for your pan. You want your pan waiting for you. So let's go ahead and get a little fire under our pan. And I've got a little bit of plain sesame oil. Peanut oil works well here. Now remember that sesame, for some reason, and the researchers still don't know why, focuses on knee health. So if you have knee joints that bother you or get sore and inflamed at times, you can take a tablespoon of plain, pure organic sesame oil, and that will help reduce the inflammation specifically in the knees. Isn't nature wonderful? All right, so I've got a little bit of the finished glaze here, chefs, and you can see how nice that looks. We're gonna brush that on our chicken before we finish it in the oven. All right, so I've got my pan heating up, and let's go ahead and look at what ingredients we have. I've got a little tamari here, and that's the wheat-free low-sodium soy sauce. Just a really good choice when we're practicing a more tightened up nutrition plan. All right, I've got a little bit of lime juice and some ketchup, and ketchup has a little bit of sugar in it. Now, I like to use the organic ketchup, and that way you're not getting that high fructose corn syrup, but we do want sugar here because that's what's gonna give that nice, crispy, beautiful shine to our chicken. Now, this is very common, and I know some people don't wanna use this product, but it is very common in Asian cuisine, and it's cornstarch. Here's the thing, chefs. Corn is highly, highly genetically modified in the United States. So what I'm gonna suggest is that you go ahead and buy the organic cornstarch, and that way you can get the benefits of this really great thickener without the genetically modified components in the conventional cornstarch. All right, I've got some brown sugar here, and I like the raw brown sugar, whatever your choice is. And then I've got some garlic and some ginger here, so let's go ahead and add those in. And garlic and ginger, just two of the most incredible plants for us to consume. 
The garlic really is great for the cholesterol. The ginger really great to balance the hormones. And it's also an appetite stimulant, so it's a great addition to your cuisine. A little bit of sea salt going down. I've got a little bit of white pepper and a little bit of black pepper. Now white pepper is very classic in Asian cuisine and the reason is is that it has a more floral and a lighter taste to the cuisine. It brings up the vegetables beautifully and we know in Asian cuisine even though they use meat as well a lot goes around those vegetables. So we definitely want to lift that flavor up. Alright I've got some honey and again a little more sweetener. Now, if you don't want to do the brown sugar, chefs, of course, just leave it out. Your ketchup will have a little bit of sweetener in it, and that will be fine to glaze that chicken. Last but not least, I've got a little sriracha, and that's going to add just a little kick, but it also gives that beautiful, deep uh, chili flavor, and also that color. It gives a great depth of flavor, and that's what we're looking for. All right, I'm just going to scrape this off. And let's go ahead and just whisk it up quickly. Move this to the side. All right, and you can see that come right together. Work the honey in. Now, honey is a great humectant, and I use it on my skin a lot. I get the raw wildflower honey from Arizona. You get whatever honey you like. It's the raw that has the particulate matter in it, though. You can see the little grains. It looks like dirt. It's not. It's phytonutrients and antioxidants. Now, there's something magic happening with the bees, and the researchers now know that they're thinking there's a cure for cancer somewhere in that honey. All right, so get that into your diet as much as possible. And so if you want to take the brown sugar out, the honey would be a great choice. All right, so we've got two bowls of our marinade there. Let's put this here, chef, so we're not making a big mess. And we're gonna come over here to the stove and go ahead and sear our chicken. Now, what is searing? Remember, there's only seven ways to cook anything. Now, one of the ways is to pan sear. Now, what we're gonna do is seal the juices into the chicken. Now, is chicken good for us? Well, yeah, chicken's a great light source of protein, but we do want to choose organic. The chickens really, uh, you know, sometimes they're not raised so cleanly in the conventional way or in the conventional market. So we definitely want to choose the organic, which is fed organic grains. And they're allowed to run around and do what chickens do. All right, so we've got our chicken in the pan. And we can put a little bit of salt and pepper down. We could use a little bit of Chinese five spice. It would all be great. And what we're gonna do is just put a little bit of golden brown on each side of the chicken. And again, that's gonna seal the juices in. Now remember, all poultry has omega-3 fatty acids, and we've talked about that a lot. Omega-3s are a great way to keep from aging. They keep our skin beautiful and moist. They keep our hair shiny and soft. They keep our face a little less wrinkly, if you will. Now, we're all going to age, and that's inevitable, and especially someone like me who doesn't want to stick needles in her face. I'm just going to try to age as gracefully as I can. So I, I don't mind a little bit of crow's feet. But remember, when you're in the bathtub and you've got that nice, moist, uh, 
environment in the tub with the steamy water. You just put the raw honey all over your face and your neck and your arms and your hands and it seals the water or the moisture from the environment to the skin. It also protects the skin and it's got all those great antioxidants. So just a quick little skincare tip. Here's another one, chefs. The chicken fat does contain omega-3 fatty acids. So you are getting some good stuff other than your great amino acids. All right, so when the chicken is ready and it has that good pan sear on it, it will lift out of the pan effortlessly. So just another friendly reminder, chefs, no jerking, tugging, or scraping. All right, so we're getting some nice brown color here, as you can see. Let's just let that go a little bit longer, and you can see some golden coming on here, and that's exactly what we want. Oh, that's looking beautiful. Okay, I'm going to let that go just another few minutes. Now, I know that you're probably saying, oh, chef, why are you putting those tongs on that plate with raw chicken when you're cooking the chicken? Remember, the chicken isn't all the way cooked yet, and we're going to finish it in the oven. Once it goes into the baking dish, I will no longer use those tongs on the chicken. So it's... You don't have to be scared of the chicken. I think the media gets a little bit of fear into us. It's how the chicken is handled. It's how the chicken is prepared. So please, just keep your temperatures level and your chicken will be fine. We don't have to have so much fear around handling meat correctly. All right, let's see how we're doing. Oh, we're sizzling and popping and we're rendering fat and that's going to be a great thing all that omega-3 fatty acids. So I think we're ready to take it to the baking dish. So I'm gonna go ahead and kill the fire. And let's move the chicken off of the heat. I've got a baking dish here. And because we've already got some oil down on the chicken, I'm not gonna put any more oil in the pan simply because it's just going to become too oily and greasy. And if your chicken's just floating in oil, it's not gonna get that nice glaze. When we've got too much liquid in the pan, all the meat does is steam, and that tends to make the meat really tough. What happens when you put that meat down and the water releases is the protein just tightens up and it stays that way. So we want it to relax, to loosen in the pan, and we want to just cook it just enough. We're gonna finish it in the oven to make sure it's at 165, and then we're going to allow it to rest. But the main point is don't let the meat just sit there and sizzle in all kinds of liquid, and particularly water, unless you're actually poaching. And remember, there's only seven ways to cook anything, so get on your email and let me hear what you think the seven ways are. The person that gets all seven correctly wins a $50 gift certificate to Whole Foods. Go to your computer, let me know what are the seven ways to cook food. All right, so let's take it to the pan, or to the baking dish, I should say, chefs. So I'm just gonna put this right here. Let's move a little closer. And then we're just going to brush. Oh boy, that smells good. And the peanut oil is a nice addition. Now peanuts, of course, are great. They're resveratrol, and they burn body fat without exercise. You gotta love that. Okay, tongs are done. Everything that's raw chicken is away. Now let's go to our prepared glaze, and I've got two bowls here, so I might get a little glazy today, and I think that's going to be nice. 
Okay, so primarily, again, we just want to brush the chicken with just a little bit. If we just dump it all in there, what's gonna happen? The chicken's just gonna boil away in the sauce, and that's not really what we want. So I wanna pick up that good garlic and get all those nice allium compounds. And then we've got a great source of calcium here as well. And we've got acid with our lime juice. So the acid in the lime juice is actually gonna help us uptake the calcium in our meat and in our glaze. All right, this smells absolutely out of this world. I'm gonna pop it in a high oven. Let's go 425 on this, chefs, because we want the chicken to cook quickly and we want the glaze to seal over in a beautiful, glossy way. Okay, when I come back, we're gonna continue the journey down the Great Wall of China. I'll see you in just a moment for an Asian pesto. Hi, I'm Todd Allen Lowe of Allen's Pantry. Be sure to watch my new upcoming shows only on Foodie TV. All right, we're back for some great Chinese and Thai food today. Really fun traveling around the globe with you chefs. Now we've got our sesame chicken working in the oven and that's gonna be glazy and beautiful and sticky when it gets out. And that's our favorite kind of Chinese food. So right now, we're gonna top it all off with an Asian pesto. Now, everybody's familiar with Italian pesto, I think, walnuts or pine nuts and Parmesan cheese and fresh basil and lemon juice and that kind of thing. And that makes the classic Italian pesto. But we're gonna do an Asian pesto today. So let's take a look at some of our ingredients, chef. And I'm gonna pop the top off our food processor because we're gonna process this all and make it like a paste or what it's called in Italy, a pesto. So I've got some dry roasted peanuts here and that's gonna be the base for our pesto. Now remember the peanuts are a great source of protein. They've got the amino acids that we need but they've also got something called resveratrol and resveratrol really is connected to longevity and also burning belly fat without exercise so I love that. All right, and now a little fresh ginger. And ginger, as we've talked about before, chefs, we could do a whole show just on ginger. I think actually we'll do that sometime because the list of ginger benefits is about as long as my arm. Really great medicine on every system in the body. All right, a little bit of serrano, and you're gonna decide, chefs, how hot you like it. I like it a little bit spicy, but I'm gonna hold some back and we could even garnish with those if we wanted. A little bit of fresh garlic. Let's just throw that in. Now you'll see I crushed the garlic clove just a little bit and that keeps it from, you know, kind of bumping around the bowl and not really grinding into the pesto the way that we need it to do. Now the salt is gonna act like a little bit of an abrasive and that's gonna help break down the ingredients. The reason we need some salt, we're gonna use soy sauce as well, but the reason we need some salt is again for that abrasive action because we've got fresh herbs here and if we have to keep grinding and grinding and grinding, the herbs turn black and the pesto isn't the beautiful color that we want it. So the salt adds 
to lift the flavor, but it also adds to help in the grinding action. All right, my water's boiling over here. Let's take a break from the pesto for just a minute, chefs. I'm gonna make what's called a court bouillon. Now, a court bouillon is what we make when we're going to poach something, and we're generally poaching fish or chicken, something of that nature. But what we're gonna do today is poach our shrimp, and then we're gonna chill it and make kind of a salad with our pesto. Our pesto's gonna serve as our dressing. So let's go ahead and take the lid off. And then we're going to add some aromatics, and that's what a court bouillon is. Now classically, if you're going to poach or steam a lobster or do some kind of gentle fish, you would make uh, a court bouillon out of carrots, lemons, fresh herbs, celery, all of the classic aromatics. So let's just drop some fresh ginger. Let's drop some fresh garlic. I'm gonna move this off to the side. I'm gonna do just a little bit of the serrano. I'm gonna do a couple pieces of green onion, as that's very classic, and then all of the citrus, lime and lemon, going down in the water. And then we'll go ahead and put our shrimp in. Now I've cleaned and deveined the shrimp, and you can see how nicely they're, they're all cleaned and rinsed, and we're just gonna ease those into the water. Now remember, when you're putting something into boiling water, or into hot oil, you wanna work away from you, chefs. Please don't tip the bowl this way or all the water's going to splash back on you. So let's gently loosen up the shrimp and then we'll just kind of ease those down into the water away from us. Now what happens with the shrimp when it's cooking? Well, it turns pink, doesn't it? So it's got an automatic timer. You can see that the tails are already turning pink and this looks just great and it smells even better. Now you wanna be prepared to get those shrimp out quickly and then we're going to take them to the refrigerator and chill them down. We'll come back and finish our pesto and put it all together. I'll see you in a moment, so stay right where you are. Hi, I'm Molly Bravo, the host of Organicopia and you are watching Foodie TV. All right, chefs, we're back with our sesame chicken that we put into the oven earlier. And I'm sure you can see that that glaze has caramelized and really made for a beautiful look to our chicken, as well as a gorgeous color. Now we'll get to that in just a moment. We're gonna do the rest of our pesto for our shrimp. So I've got the peanuts, the serrano, the ginger, the garlic. Let's go ahead and put a little bit of the green onion in. And that's very classic in Asian cuisine. Now this pesto has more of a Thai feel to it, but certainly all of the Asias offer such beautiful cuisine. All right, so let's knock that down into the bowl and get rid of this. And I've got some lime juice, very classic again in Thai cuisine. And then I've got a little bit of honey. And that's gonna act as a little bit of a binder. All right. That looks good. Let's get the rest of the stuff out of the way. Now, what I wanna do here, chefs, is I wanna grind it up a little bit so that we get it started without putting the fresh herbs in. If you remember from before, we're going to turn the herbs black, and that's very unpleasant if we overgrind. So let me get the lid on here, and let's go ahead and grind it up. Right, looking good. 
Okay, that looks good. Now we're gonna drizzle our oil in, but first let's go ahead and add our herbs. Now, just like we emulsified a vinaigrette in another visit to the Ageless Kitchen, so that it came together and became creamy, we're gonna do the same here with our pesto. Let's go ahead and get a spoon and scrape it down a little bit so that we make sure all the ingredients are making their way together. Oh, and the aroma is just incredible, chefs. Really beautiful here. Mm. It's very fresh tasting and very fresh smelling. And I just love that, it's so appealing. All right, so we're gonna chiffonade our herbs. Now I've got some chiffonade of basil here. And remember that your leafy herbs are very high in epigenin as well as chlorophyll. And you can see all that beautiful green and smell that mm, citrusy flavor. Okay, chiffonade is a knife technique. So let me move our spoon over and get a French knife. And then let's go ahead and stack our leaves. Now mint is high in rosmarinic acid. And rosmarinic acid is a very powerful anti-inflammatory. That's why this old chef, sometimes my joints get a little stiff. So I almost always drink a cup of mint tea with raw honey before I go to bed. And that way the mint can do its work and relieve the inflammation in my joints. Years and years in the kitchen gripping a knife and picking up heavy hotel pans really have kind of done a number on my hands. And so we want to take care and keep that damage down to a minimum. All right, so I've stacked my leaves here like little cards and I'm gonna roll them. Let me move this out of the way so that we have a little bit more room to work. All right, so we've rolled them. We're gonna hold our knife by the handle. No, we're not. We're gonna hold it by the blade, aren't we? I was just checking to see if you were awake. You know better, chefs, don't you? All right, and we're gonna run the knife through. Remember to move the fingers down and away from the blade. And there we are. That's a beautiful, perfect chiffonade. Mm, and the real aroma of that mint is just so enticing. Now back to the rosmarinic acid that's in the mint. This is a great treatment for irritable bowel syndrome. So if you have a little bit of a nervous stomach or you have some IBS going on, a little bit of mint tea will go a long way to heal that and calm the tummy. It's great for digestion, it's great for memory, and it's very stimulating. Now the mint is one herb that not only stimulates, but it also calms, and that seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But it really does kind of calm the system at the same time of reviving and refreshing, if that makes sense. All right, so I'm gonna stack a little bit more here and just roll those leaves like you're making a nice cigar. And then we'll run the knife through one more time, chefs. That way, the food processor doesn't have to work so hard to get the herbs ground in. All right, and just use your knife and chop all the way through. Move your fingers out of the way, and there's that beautiful chiffonade. Here we go. Let's go ahead and take the rest of our chiffonade of basil. Now, if you get a leaf or two in there, it's not gonna hurt. Okay, now we wanna protect the herbs, so let's go ahead and turn it on, and we're gonna drizzle our peanut oil in very carefully and very slowly so that it brings everything together and it's really nice and creamy. All right, let's go ahead.
And that's it. And you should smell the aroma in this kitchen. It is so fresh and bright and vibrant, just like our shrimp dish is going to be. Now let's pull this off. Now, how do we dump this out, chefs, without having the blade come clunking out and sending our pesto flying all over the kitchen? Well, remember, I know I've showed you before, but just a reminder, go ahead and slide your finger up inside where the blade is and hold on to the blade, and that way you can tip the bowl and get all of your good stuff out without the blade falling into your dish and sending pesto flying. All right, I'm sure you can see that this is loaded with delicious medicine. And we're gonna go ahead and put it back together with our Ostaxanthin when we return. That's shrimp, by the way. I'll see you in a minute. All right, chefs, welcome back. We're galloping around the globe today and we're visiting China and Thailand specifically. So we've got our Chinese sesame chicken that's just beautiful. I'm ready to devour that. I don't know about you, chefs, but boy, does it smell great in this kitchen. And then we've got our pesto and you can see that gorgeous color. Now that pink on the shrimp lets us know when the shrimp, the crab, the lobster are done. But what that pink is, is ostaxanthin. Ostaxanthin is a big garbage remover. It comes through like a crazy phytonutrient train and moves out all of the free radicals from the environment that do cellular damage. Okay, so we've got our shrimp, we've got our chicken. Let's get a side dish going and that's some classic fried rice. So I've got some peanut oil in the pan and again, I'm gonna get that pan screaming hot. Now the fact of the matter, chefs, Western ovens and stoves, they just don't throw off enough BTUs. They just don't throw off enough heat. When you're working on a live walk, you've got all kinds of fire underneath, and that really is how you get that quick sear on the food that you're preparing, whatever it may be. So you've got to fry in batches, or you've got to have a small enough batch to begin with to get the desired result of the fried rice. So we're gonna let that peanut oil heat up and then we've got a, a whole grain brown rice here. Now jasmine is the classic for fried rice but I really think that the brown rice gives a nutty flavor and it's really substantial so it holds up well. Alright my pan sizzling back here I'm going to drop my rice. Now the traditional oil that they use is normally bacon fat or some kind of pork fat but we're doing the peanut oil and it goes. Keep it moving. Let's go ahead and throw in a little onion to saute with it. And a little bit of garlic. I like my veg a little bit crisp tender here and I'm not wanting to put any color on the onions or on the garlic. So let's go ahead and just stir that around quickly. And oh boy, that starts releasing those allium compounds and the aromas from the garlic and onion. I'm gonna go ahead and do a little white pepper and a little salt. Now we're going to use a little tamari, and remember that's the low sodium wheat free soy sauce, so we don't need a whole lot of salt. Alright, so I've got the fried rice going here and you can see the rice start to absorb all those beautiful flavors. I'm going to add just a little bit of toasted sesame oil, and again sesame targets knee health. Now you can see how we're getting those good brown bits in the bottom of the pan. We want to keep it moving. And last but not least, I'm going to put in a little bit of keratin and a little bit of sweet peas for some chlorophyll. Peas are really high in water 
and that's really good for us, but it's not so good for our recipe. So we want to let that water come off of the pan by keeping that pan screaming hot. All right, that's starting to look like fried rice to me, chef. So I'm going to throw in a little more allium compounds with the green onions. And you don't want to cook the green onions too much, chefs. They're really more for color and presentation. All right, chefs, I hope you've enjoyed the globe-trotting journey to the Asias. We hit China and Thailand today. I'm finishing up the rice. This pan's a little bit warm. Who said American stoves don't get enough BTUs? All right, let's pick this bad boy up and out comes our fried rice. Would you look at how fantastic that is? Now, if you want to, you can add a little bit of egg to this and that's traditional as well, but we did a little bit of a vegan version today and I know your family and friends will enjoy that just as much as if we would have added some egg to it. The traditional does have egg, but again, we did a little bit of a nice vegan version. So here's our trip. Thailand with the shrimp and the Asian pesto. China with the sesame chicken and our vegan fried rice. All right, I hope you've enjoyed your journey around the globe with me. The next time you're ready to travel, just let me know where shall we go, chefs? Italy? That sounds good to me. I'll see you next time you've got your bags packed. I'm Chef Tina Martini. Here's to your health. Yeah.